You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox, your host. Thankful that you're joining me today. It is uh, Thursday, May 27th. We'll talk some TCU baseball. They got a win over K-State. It was not an easy win, but it was a win nonetheless. And they move on to the winner's bracket of the Big 12 tournament. They take on Texas Tech this afternoon. So we'll break that down in segment two. But to start the day, I want to talk about um, betonline.ag. Yesterday they released Big 12 win total over-unders. And this is wins in the regular season, over-under win total in the regular season. And for the TCU Horn Frogs, the over-under for the Frogs is seven. Seven wins is what we're looking at for TCU in 2021, according to betonline.ag, over or under. And, I mean, initially, I'm just going to say over. And I'll break it down here. We'll break down the schedule a little bit. But if TCU ends up with seven wins, I think considering the expectations for this team, that's a disappointment. If they go under seven wins and are fighting for bowl eligibility again, that's a significant disappointment. Um, let's look at the non-conference schedule first. So they play Duquesne. Should be an easy dub. I mean, that's that's a guarantee game. That's a, hey, we'll pay you. Come get this butt whooping. And hopefully they look sharp and impressive in this game. You know, they didn't, they didn't play an FCS opponent um, – Last season, a couple of years ago, they took on Arkansas Pine Bluff and didn't look great. Of course, they were switching quarterbacks, Alex Delton and Max Duggan, moving those guys around. But they didn't look impressive in that game. And you just hope on September 4th when they host Duquesne, they get out to a huge lead because this is a veteran team, a group with a lot of people coming back, especially on offense. They should be focused. They should be ready to go. And then your other two non-conference games I I think are interesting for different reasons. You play Cal. That's another game in Fort Worth. And that game against Cal is uh, going to tell us about this offense. Okay? Like, Cal's got a good defense. So that game against Cal is going to let us know, is this offense for real? Where are they at early in the season? If they can move the ball in the Golden Bears in week two – and score consistently, then I feel good about this team's prospects moving forward, about this offense's prospects moving forward. If they really struggle, if they don't look sharp, then I think you have to be concerned about, okay, how is this offense going to hold up against good defenses? Is this another group that's going to kind of get stuck in the mud? And then you close out the non-conference schedule after a bye week by taking on SMU, and I'm ready for this game. Because the Frogs lost to the Ponies a couple years ago. It was really annoying. It was stupid. Uh, get it done. Win that game. And I think that game's going to tell you about the TCU defense. And it also should be a good indication of if this secondary is as good as we think they can be. Because SMU, even though they're a group of five school, explosive offense. Tanner Mordecai coming over from Oklahoma. He's going to be their quarterback this year. They have a good receiving core. I think that'll be a good measuring stick on that front. Really good chance to go 3-0 and there. Now, Cal's a, a good team, and Justin Wilcox is a good coach. But I, I think they get out of that unscathed. And Big 12 schedule-wise, host Texas on the road against Texas Tech, 
on the road against Oklahoma, hosting West Virginia, on the road against Kansas State, hosting Baylor, on the road against Oklahoma State, hosting Kansas, on the road against Iowa State. So tough road trips this year, no doubt. Iowa State, Oklahoma State, K-State, Oklahoma, Texas Tech. I mean, tough environments. Lubbock, I don't think Tech's very good, but we all know this tough place to play, especially if it's a night game. Norman, OU's got national championship type hype, and they'll be at home. K-State, they have really struggled against Chris Kleiman. He's had their number, especially like that his defense has just owned TCU's offense the past couple times those two teams have matched up. And that's another place where it's just hard to win on the road. Stillwater, we all know the issues they've had there. And then Ames in late November is going to be really cold. Weather's probably going to be bad. And that's an Iowa State team that has high expectations and will probably be firing pretty close to all, on all cylinders by, you know, game 12 that late in the season. So they're tough road trips. But if you look at the over-under, if you're going over, you got to win five Big 12 games, which they were able to do last year. They went five and four. I expect this team to be better. I think the schedule's harder, but I expect this team to be better. I mean, Kansas, Texas Tech, that's presumably two wins. And then the swing games, I mean, they have not played well against West Virginia and K-State. And those are two programs that if TCU is going to be a factor in this conference, they have to start beating them consistently. Like, you have to start beating Neil Brown and Chris Kleiman consistently. It just needs to be done. You can't go out there and fall flat on your face against West Virginia like you did in Morgantown last year and not even be competitive. You cannot allow a backup freshman quarterback in his first start ever to beat you like K-State did when they came to Fort Worth last year. And I know he most likely won't be in the lineup because Skylar Thompson is, is the dude there. But that shows you the issues they've had against those teams. So you got to start winning those games. And if you take care of business there, you beat Tech, you beat Kansas, you beat those two teams, that's four. Baylor... I like their chances at home. That's always sort of a toss-up game. But they've played better against the Bears as of late. Won five of six, I believe. And that one loss, you know, if John Mayers doesn't hit a 54-yard field goal or whatever it was, then they win that game nine to six in um, regulation, and they, they steal another one. They've done a really nice job against Baylor as of late. So... Are there some tough road trips? Yes, very much so. But I really like the over for TCU in seven wins. I just I think you got to get to eight to feel good about where you're at as a program. And we know that um, it's it's a huge year for TCU, right? Like this is the year they're supposed to be good. So if they finish with seven wins or under, then we're talking about huge disappointment. Let's talk about something that does not disappoint. That's Rock Auto. Rock Auto does a great job, great website, serves customers very well. Um, it's where you can go to find out, okay, what does my car need? And feel good about it. You know, I, you might be like, man, I really, I feel kind of weird about ordering parts for my vehicle online because what if it's not exactly what I should have? Well, that's where Rock Auto steps in. They allow you to compare prices, compare manufacturers, and make sure you're getting the right uh, part for your maker model. And there's so many makes and models now with an expanding number out on the roads, it's good to know that Rock Auto has your back. 
It's perfect for people like me who are kind of clueless, but it's also good for do-it-yourselfers, mechanics. Rock Auto gets used by everyone, and it should be used by everyone because it's a family business that serves their customers very well. They have a How Did You Hear It About section on their website, and if you click that drop-down box and hit Locked On, that would help us out a lot so that they know their advertising is working. Great selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Okay, back here on Locked on Horn Frogs, segment two on this Thursday. And TCU Baseball, uh, they're back in action this afternoon. They're going to take on Texas Tech in a winner's bracket game. Game's supposed to start at 4 o'clock, but there's two games in front of them. So I highly doubt it's going to start at 4. I would say follow the TCU Baseball Twitter account for the best uh, info on start time. It might end up being closer to 5 or 5.30, something like that. I believe the 4 o'clock game yesterday, first pitch ended up being at 5.20. But the reason that they're in that winner's bracket game against Texas Tech is because they got a victory over K-State on Wednesday. And I'll tell you, I was I was pretty down yesterday. They ended up pulling it out. They win 7-6. to six. But early in that game, I was pretty down about TCU baseball. Now, I'll say this. Ultimately, the conference tournament, there's I mean, there there's definitely something for TCU to play for. That being said, basically they're playing for seeding. There's still an outside chance that they could get a top eight seed. Now, in my opinion, to do that, they'd probably have to win the whole thing. Probably have to win the whole tournament and get some help from somebody else. Say, you know, Mississippi State. I believe they lost their first game in the SEC tournament. So if Mississippi State goes two and out, they don't have a good showing, and TCU wins the Big 12 tourney, then maybe the committee looks and says, oh, okay, yeah, TCU, top eight seed. Let's let's switch those two teams. That's just a hypothetical example. But ultimately, they're, they're going to have to go on a heck of a run to get that back. So I thought the biggest thing for this team going into the Big 12 tournament is just to get some wins and feel good about things going into the postseason. I mean, even if you don't end up winning the whole thing, getting a couple dubs, feeling good about your chances, feeling better about your starting pitching. So yesterday, they go out there, and Jacob Metter gets the start. Jacob Metter, the freshman, he's been there for a couple of years, but he's technically still a freshman because of COVID from Burleson he struggled he's been a Tuesday night starter at times but he hasn't pitched a lot he did pitch in relief against Kansas State in that three-game series and actually did a, a pretty nice job but now you're you're starting him against Jordan Wicks who is K-State's ace probably gonna be a first-round draft pick and really just I mean confused and dazzled the frogs last Thursday night in Manhattan at the start of that three-game series. And when I saw that lineup, I thought, well, they're probably going to lose today. I mean, like, this is just ridiculous. They're not really giving themselves a chance. And Metter was not sharp. He gave up a three-run home run to Dylan Phillips in the first. He ends up giving up five runs over two innings. Now, he limited the damage here and there, but he, he gave up five runs. And I was just flabbergasted. Because I get it, like you're trying to save your starting pitching, you got bigger fish to fry. But I just thought they were going to be going all out in this conference tournament, trying to find a way to win a few games. However, they fall down four to nothing 
They got a couple runs back in the first inning thanks to a Hunter Wolf double, made it four to two, and then they slowly just kind of chipped away. Drew Hill came in in relief, and he was fantastic. He pitched four innings and did his job, gave up one unearned run, but that was it. Zach Humphreys gets a two-run, two-out triple to tie the game at six. And then River Ridings came in and kept it a tie game. Garrett Wright came in in a big spot and kept it a tie game. And in the bottom of the ninth, after a bloop double from Hunter Wolf, Connor Shepard gets a sack fly. Phillip Sykes bounces one back up the middle that gets past the pitcher, gets past the shortstop, and they walk it off and win 7-6. to six. So a gritty win by TCU. Like a good, hard-fought victory. And after falling behind 4 to nothing early in that game, they did a great job of staying with it, scratching across some runs, giving themselves a chance, and ultimately winning the ballgame. And I'll say this about Slosh's decision. It does set them up pretty nicely for the next few days because Russell Smith is going to pitch today against Texas Tech. Austin Crowe, I assume, is going to pitch on Friday. Um or Saturday, depending on if they're in the winner's bracket or loser's bracket. But Krobe will get the next start, either with a chance to send them to the championship game or trying to keep them alive in an elimination game. So it ended up working. The gamble on starting better, he wasn't super effective, but he didn't give up 10 runs. I mean, he kept them in the game enough that they were able to come back and get a victory. The offense looked better. They're still not driving the ball. I mean, that's that's my biggest concern right now. Braden Taylor, he hasn't hit a home run in a long time. Zach Humphreys, he was really driving the ball early on, and he still gets some extra base hits, but he's not hitting it out of the ballpark anymore. However, the lineup did look better yesterday. I, I just thought they were more competitive at bats. They got big hits in big spots. They did their job. And Russell Smith has got to be good today. Like, it's just, you're running out of time here. You got two starting pitchers in Russell Smith and Austin Krobe that early in the season were really uh, reliable and great options for you. And they're your only options. But they're not throwing the ball well. So, Russ has to be good. I mean, he's just got to figure it out. And I think that would be a huge confidence boost for him and this team if he could go out there and throw six or seven innings against Texas Tech. Do you guys realize, like, they haven't had a quality start. I can't remember. I was trying to think about this the other day. Against K-State, nobody went deep in the game. Johnny Ray couldn't make, couldn't record an out. Austin Crowe went four and two-thirds. Russell Smith went, like, four and two-thirds, or he might have gotten through four innings. Against UT, Johnny Ray got knocked out of the game early. Or before that, they played UL Monroe. Against Monroe, like Luke Savage scratched across a few innings, but he didn't throw for long. Krobe got shelled. Smith didn't last that long. And then against UT on Friday night, Russell Smith again did not last very long. Austin Krobe was effective, but I think he had to leave after five innings. And Johnny Ray got knocked out of the game early. Like, they have not had a starter go deep in a game in weeks. In weeks. It's supposed to be a top 15 team. And they cannot get a starter to go deep in a game. It's unacceptable. Like, figure it out. Throw a gym. And it's going to be tough. I mean, Texas Tech has the best lineup in the conference. 
Top to bottom, they're stacked. And when TCU played them in Lubbock, Drew Baker, their leadoff hitter, was not healthy. He's healthy now, and he's another guy that can hit bombs at the top of the lineup or he's spraying the ball all over the place. They are a really, really good team and a, a just stacked lineup. So somebody step up and get it done. And they'll have that chance at 4 o'clock today when they take on Texas Tech in that winner's bracket game. Uh, BetOnline.ag. Earlier we were talking about over-under win-loss totals for the Big 12. Hey, those those odds are live. So go to BetOnline.ag today. If you're like, man, there's no – like TCU better win more than seven games. There's no way they win less than seven games. Well, then get on BetOnline.ag. Bet that over. UT, they're projected to win eight games this year. Do you believe in Steve Sarkeesian? Or do you think this is typical UT smoke and mirrors? Go bet today. They're your online sportsbook experts. They have news, notes, analysis. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports, he runs it. Go over there today. You can also bet on the NFL, MLB, NBA. It's your one-stop shop for sports betting, live lines. BetOnline.ag, give it a try. Sign up today. All right, that'll do it for Locked on Horn Frogs this morning. I appreciate your patience. Sorry this has been these pods have been going up later in the morning as of late. Uh, my schedule has just been, been kind of crazy. And I'll keep you guys updated. In the month of June, my, my wife's supposed to have a baby in June, so June will probably be pretty spotty. But I'm going to try to close out May strong here, and uh, I'll, I'll keep you up to date on, on what's going on on the family front as that reaches closer. But for now, I'm signing off. Good luck to TCU today against Texas Tech. Hopefully we're talking about a win on Friday's pod. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.